Hello and welcome again to an African Conquering the World pod- podcast. Uh, this is episode 9 of 54. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking up with us every Friday. Thank you for helping us grow our community on Instagram. And if you haven't followed us yet, follow us on Instagram um, at AACW Podcast. Give us a few likes and also share a post to your friends so that you can know when we post our podcast and what activities we have next. Again, thank you for the support and thank you for listening as we're trying to make an event out of this 54 episode. Um, we're trying to ensure that we create and we, we exp- expose all the things that um, we've I've, I've seen as I travel around the world in search of work and also to try to show a new spirit that is developing in the world and in Africa too. A new spirit in architecture, a new spirit in design, a new spirit in politics and life. So without further ado, let's start episode 9. Today I asked the question, what future can we expect? You see, too many of, too, too many of us are concerned with outer space, with going to Mars, for instance. There's there's been such a large, um, there's been such such a large groundswell of design work and experiment, experimentation, uh, including 3D printing experimentation um, on, about building on Mars and building on the Moon. These are all great strides in humanity, and the time is always now to make those great strides. But I believe that these, all these strides are doomed for failure and not because people would not be able to live on Mars but because the idea of being able to move a large chunk of the population of the Earth to live in, on, on another planet is a, is a futile idea given that the Earth is wounded and it's been wounded by our activities here. So the solution to the problem is not to run away from the battlefront and leave the wounded soldier there. The solution to the problem is to figure out a way to move that soldier or to heal that soldier. And it's something that I believe that we have the capacity to, to do. Another argument would be the latest um, stories about billionaires uh, 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 trying to explore space travel included i think the only founder of amazon who i believe was spending about 20 million us dollars to try to get to try to travel to 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 another planet or to orbit the earth or to go but some kind of intergalactical travel and it cost about 20 million dollars there's almost 8 billion people on the planet it's almost impossible to use the wealth that we can generate on the planet to move a sizable population of the earth to another planet given that the price of moving a single person is a, is, is is ridiculous but that's 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 another argument the fact of it is if we explore mars for resources or we explore mars for touristic purposes Whoever wants to travel for three years of his life to get to a touristic destination, I, that, 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 that's beyond me. But if we explore the other planets 
on that basis it's a more sensible option for those that have the money to do it than for us to start to think that there's an out from the world by exploring other planets but that's not the the, the, the topic of the day again uh, the question is what future can we expect you see in the last few years there's been a couple of innovations and inventions that we haven't taken quite seriously and i believe also that if we take them a little bit seriously we probably will begin to see a new future develop in the world that we can pursue and that we can be proud of as we go we, we move along some of those things are things like the the, the proliferation of drones for instance that, that that has been has been championed by militaries by um, a lot of technological companies and also all, all sorts of normal companies but my fear my fear usually about such technologies is the fact that we end up using them for aesthetic purposes like taking photographs at weddings which is fantastic but the essence of a drone as a transport device is to cut the need for commute of human beings in rough areas and therefore be able to connect places that are that were hitherto to not able to be connected by human normal human means so with the drones it means that we can get to the ends of the earth without actually going to the ends of the earth and because of the camera capacity on the drones we can understand the ends of the earth and find means by which we can enhance our environment by flying drones around the earth another thing i i i, I saw in development which I, I i believe has stopped but it was something that uh, kind of had groundswell and had some competitions done about it was flying cars sounds very sci-fi but um there was a time that they, uh, I, I believe that there was some talk about flying ubers so uh, ubers were supposed to have these um ports this uh, heli helipad kind of ports where in cities where people can be dropped off on the tops of buildings etc etc and but the, the fact of it was it wasn't pursued as well as it should have been pursued not for the fact that we wanted to make cars fly but for the fact that it was showing another way of being mobile within our cities and intra-city that we never took seriously another thing that we were not taking seriously is the potentials for solar energy to power all our transportation of course there are solar planes being developed presently but if you understand the ubiquity of the sun all cars should be solar powered not electric but solar power imagine that a car is a is is, is a solar is an opportunity to trap the sun for 12 hours a day as it moves along the road it traps the sun so that it can store energy for itself and <clears throat> for other um, um, things around it that need energy think about your your car like a usb like it like a, like like a, like a, like a usb cord connected to a charging port or be- better still like an like a series of batteries that can be charged um, if your car constantly moves up and down and gets energy from the sun and stores that energy for instance in its boots and it stores three four times more than it needs this is just a hypothetical uh, hypothetical number if you can store that energy and convert that energy it means that 
at home you don't need to charge your devices your computers your phones etc etc you don't need to charge those devices in your house your car now becomes your charging port so that takes away the amount of electricity that is needed in the house because if you connect the car at night for instance it can can help to power things like your blender your fans and things like that just imagine mobile solar panels that are drivable just imagine solar towers that instead of making looking for hectares of land to put solar panels on the floor we make these specific solar boards like towers that people can inhabit it's the same thing with the car same idea those ideas have not been pursued they need to be pursued because that opens up a new world of invention for us also the hyperloop one is a very important invention being pursued i think that that has been treated to um a, in a high everywhere in a high degree so uh, stuff that we have to read about and see how we can make as cheap as possible so that we can make it ubiquitous in all our cities now um one of the biggest problems that our cities are having and, our, and, and generally it has become part of our lives is the fact that our cities don't have a new have any reason for existence apart from the fact that we live in them so we need to a city's reason for existence is almost like a religion we need to figure out a new reason why cities must exist and must exist in a certain way um, here's an idea what if our cities and our environment exist as small units of um, of, of urbanism and uh, and act as a as a sieve that helps helps us to enhance the entire environment of the planet what if our cities are totally designed as a system that can be a way to look at things that would ensure that we design new types of cities or we enhance our old cities in new ways we i, I think that architecture itself must make a solid pact with agriculture and that agriculture can become the reason for existence of our cities such that not not that farms themselves become obsolete but the idea of farming as a as an activity that needs excess land becomes as obsolete as possible um, of course we've seen a couple of buildings in the world being covered with trees and things like that we call that greening that's not what i'm talking about that's pastiche those trees are nothing more than another kind of like paint for the building we're talking about high density farming being done on the building by people who don't live in the building but the building is an opportunity for that farming to occur and also an opportunity for people to inhabit and, and, and have cheaper accommodation in, in, in a way by using agriculture as a way to create cities what then happens is that the buildings in the cities change from buildings and become quite easily said taxable objects so it became, they, they, are, they, are, they are paying their way in the cities so they become citizens this is part of the, one, one of the biggest um, parts of the theories that we develop in the office that the building must be a city it must be, sorry, must be a citizen it must be it must perform the same way that in any citizen of the 
of a city performs. So it must have the same civic responsibilities as the city and it must pay tax. Um, another thing that, we, that, that, that it's obvious to see that nobody seems to be talking about is the fact that our past lives have disappeared. Um, I would say are disappearing, but in reality they've disappeared. We're living in a post-pandemic time that we're trying hard to find a life that for two years has had been taken away from us not because it, it was put on pause but because it was it was its time to die so it had died so post-pandemic i find us struggling to and, and in a futile manner to find the old life that we thought we enjoyed that much meanwhile it's an opportunity for us to build a new kind of life a new relationship between ourselves and our cities and also to force a new kind of background to the life that we want so just like how televisions and tvs are becoming obsolete where everybody gets their news and their movies from computers for instance and how network television just quietly was wiped out of the world and everybody watches news on youtube and etc etc it's the same way that the existing world that we knew, the raves, the parties, the etc, etc, have died out and have become these kind of grotesque ancient events that you have to show a passport to attend. So it's like traveling to the past. I think the architecture and the city must always look to the future and never look to the past because um, we are not historians. And, as he, and when architects try to be historians or archaeologists, we, make it, we do a, a shoddy job at it. Architecture is about vision. We must look to the future. So, um, speaking about vision, um, the world is beset with problems. We call it global warming now. But the biggest issue that the world has is excess individualism in a bid to live within the confines of a problem that can only be solved with collective action. So when, a, when, when, when we, we came from a pandemic and we're in a world that is beset with global warming and our response to it is each man his own plot, each man his own house, each man his own idea. Instead of trying to figure out a way to collectivize our ideas, and try to beat down the global warming by a collective understanding. Therefore, I, I, it's easy to proclaim that those who think that writing manifestos is dead are, are totally mistaken because we need manifestos to push us into the future. Architecture must combat the future with vision. What the world needs now is a collective vision, a futuristic vision that dreams a new world and dreams it in such a way that we can't really think of ways to achieve it but we have to figure out ways to collectively use our intelligence to make the the backbone of what achieves that change in essence i'm saying that architecture needs to change its ethos in essence i'm saying that the world needs architecture because architecture is, is the easiest way to create these futuristic visions that are tied in the present but push us years and years into the future because um, architecture is about creating big future oriented dreams no matter how stupid the building looks 
or the city looks in the long run it's something that has been thought about as a future response to things so when an architect designs he doesn't design but a good architect designs he doesn't design for today he designs with his with one leg in the future so that he drags you into the future with him so again architecture must step up to the plate to be able to so that we can and stop stop trying to act like these other professionals beautiful as they may be sociology and all that to study things that have already happened but instead try to make a path for things that are yet to happen architecture must take its pride of place to look into the future to make things that can change the world create these visions that can make the world a better place first of them first of those bold ideas is that the building is a citizen and agriculture is the tie to make new city and therefore I'm stating here that architecture must focus itself on the creation of systems that enhance and elongate our environment as against this meddling into what materials, for instance, the materiality of a building, and it's, it's not being talked about in, as, in terms of systematic behavior, but in terms of its aesthetics. We must, nobody, nobody really cares about the littleness and the mediocrity of what local materials are there when there are things that have uh, uh, urgent problems that need to be solved in the most precise manner and architecture can be at the forefront of solving those things so the time for observation is done it's time for a collective vision that architecture must lead and it's time for us to have big and bold ideas that can change the world the only way that uh, architects should know how to think excuse me again we are not historians nor are we archaeologists lastly i must say this with all due respect to all of the architects and the urban planners in the world architecture and urban planning must change its, its approach and it must change its ethos our nature and the nature of and the nature of the way we, we look towards sensitivity and the way we look towards precision the way we make things must change we must accept that a lot of the, the the artistic parts of architecture are created in the gap between precision and imprecision we must realize that a staircase is a staircase it's not a piece of art it must be made as precisely as possible in fact it's best made in factory um, a winding staircase should be used where there's as little space as possible. It's not a piece of art. Um, the days of observation, by my reckoning, are over. This is the time of grand vision. Architecture must be at the forefront of this grand vision. Through architecture, with an understanding of our environment, and with a place like Africa as the experimentation, uh, a place of experimentation that our forefathers had already shown us how to solve these problems. I believe that we can trampoline to solve the problems, the global problems that we're facing, especially things like global warming. Thank you for listening. Um, we went over time today, but we've discussed important issues. Again, thank you for listening. Try and follow us on Instagram at AACW Podcast. And um, also uh, give us a like and share our podcast as much as you can. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. Have a beautiful weekend. Cheers. Thank you.